my face was in my notebook We passed each other, didn't look Welcome to Down Ballot. We do the show live every Friday, 8 p.m. Pacific, and then I do some post-game afterwards, by the way. It might get a little spicy during the post-game, uh, so definitely, definitely make sure you hang out for that, or even if you happen to leave us for whatever reason, make sure you come back during the post-game. I'm really excited about this week's show because I get to play this. Actually, uh, Washington, D.C. is calling me on the other line. I got to go. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> Very nice. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. So if you're listening to this on a podcast, uh, make sure you follow this podcast, but also head on over to twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia so you can uh, you can get the live stuff. What's going on, Councilman? Not a mucho, Producer Dave. Good to see you as always. I am, I am highly confident that I'm hearing your, uh, laptop, your laptop microphone. Oh, my, my apologies. If you'll give me one second, I will adjust the, the audio. 
You are indeed correct. How about now? That's much better. I am highly yeah. confident that I'm hearing your microphone microphone now. Nice. We're going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds one day, especially if I'm on my mic. Um, anyway, but great to see you as always. Welcome listener. Welcome viewer. Welcome Twitch chat. Nice to see you all. Looking forward to a great uh, little road trip here for Down Ballot as we, we do every now and then. Um, so I'm, if you want to find me, you can hit me up on Twitter at T-H-E underscore Councilman, where I'm constantly harassing Silicon Valley elitists, uh, Kevin McCarthy, and our newest friend, Amanda Chase. Uh, <laughs> so, so please stay tuned. And if you need to find me on Facebook, that guy Hansel Mann, who keeps trying to friend you, that's me. So accept the friend request, brah. And that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, this week we're doing uh, Washington, D.C. and D.C. metro area news. So I guess Yay. we're just going to get right to it here. Leading off, the D.C. Health Department wants folks to have faith in vaccines, but like literally, not not like figuratively. Come to the church. Tonight, Amy Cho has the latest on an effort to use faith-based groups to build trust in the vaccine. Outside the Pennsylvania Avenue Baptist Church, a small shipping container having a big impact. It's being used as a vaccine site for senior citizens like Eddie and Ernestine Hamilton. It feels good because we've been trying, you know, we kept calling the D.C. Health Line and nothing was happening. She says when they called the church, they got an appointment on the first try. It's all part of a new pilot program in D.C. called Faith in Vaccines, using places of worship to build trust in the vaccine. Pastor Kendrick Curry. It's just a great thing to be able to say to your neighbors, come to the church and, and get vaccinated. Now the church here- I mean, whatever works. <laughs> helping out during the pandemic, they've been offering free COVID testing for months. Reverend Curry says his goal is to improve access, especially in areas hardest hit by the pandemic. Because there's a disproportionate number of people of African-American descent, Latinx descent, that are dying as a result of coronavirus. The D.C. Health Department says soon they hope to open more vaccine sites at other places of worship, too. I think that was a great idea. And I did tell some of my neighbors, and they're going to call. I'm glad I took it. I hope others come out and take it. The church will hold another clinic on Saturday, all part of the effort to help folks stay healthy in DuPont Park in Southeast. Amy Cho. It's the, like when they mentioned like the part, like the neighborhoods and stuff, I'm not going to know where any of the neighborhoods are. That's true. But that's the fun part about these trips that we take is that um, we really find that all politics is local and really, truly all local news is local news right <laughs> yeah, exactly so um would you uh i think this is like an interesting crossover i thought this was an interesting story just because we've been covering locally the uh calvary church and, and uh, uh churches around san jose and uh the south bay that have been trying to reopen right again for services and for for congregant services and worship um but here you have a church that's uh opening up for for vaccines so what do you think about that? Is that sort of a role reversal or a, do they have it? Does this church have a, their heads screwed on a little straighter than the, the folks here? I think it's, I think it's like, um, socioeconomic, right? Like the, the church we're covering here in San Jose that wants to open up for services. It's like, like upper middle class folks. Right. And so they, I don't know, don't need to get the vaccine at the church, but some good portion of them are probably anti-fucking vaccine themselves. And so it's like, 
it's like just a different scenario. Whereas in this case, in DC, this is, you know, clearly a, a black church or a church, you know, predominantly uh, visited by black folks. And I feel like they're probably, they just feel a little bit differently about this. Like it's like differences in like amounts of privilege and stuff. And I feel like they, uh, people might be hesitant because of the sort of history of, you know, the American government doing medical experiments on black folks. And so the organization in their communities that they tend to trust is going to be the church. So I think this is, I don't know. I'd even, I'll go to, I'll go to their church and get the vaccine. If I can get it like a three days earlier or whatever, do fuck it. Wherever yeah, why not? It. Why not? I mean, it, you know, they're but by the grace of God, right? Um, no, you're, you're dead right. Uh, there is a, a massive amount of mistrust in government amongst people of color, especially the African-American community with the Tuskegee experiment and so much, so much history there. Um, so it's not surprising at all that, uh, you know, that this, this would be their access point. Um, churches have also been very instrumental in getting people to the polls and getting uh, new voters registered as well, even though, you know, church and state, blah, 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 but it's nonpartisan. Um, so churches have been really um, uh, useful uh, avenues, especially in the South um, and the East Coast, to uh, where they're probably a little more popular amongst general population, um, to uh, getting you know more people involved, uh, not just politically, but civically, too. Um, so I think this is great, and I think it's, uh, you're seeing it a little bit here. I think you're seeing community organizations step up in um, communities of color uh, to, to offer the vaccine, and you're not seeing as many of those folks go into, like, the county uh, vaccination site, right. Or to, to a Kaiser or some sort of established, you know, uh, institution, they really are going to trust their neighbors. And if, if my neighbor got it, then, you know, and they're okay, then shit, I, you know, or if my, my cousin got the vaccine, you know, I should be okay. So they, you tend to trust, I mean, it's, it's natural. You tend to trust the people that you care about and the things that you believe in and the, and the people you believe in more than, um, you know, uh, government, the behemoth. Yes, this is good. I'm not religious. Don't like don't like religion myself, but I'd go fucking oh, there's nurses at the church across the way giving the vaccine. Yes, please. <laughs> you know. Please. Exactly. Um so yeah, let's I, I please more of this and let's let's get the damn thing out there and let's get to herd immunity so we can all back to go back to going to concerts and having fun again. So we're gonna move on to winners and losers where there are Yay. no winners. Generally speaking. So this is a story. This could just be the same story that we've been covering. I mean, this is like not this, the first story in winners and losers is certainly not a DC area exclusive story. It's probably happening everywhere. These parents are big mad that the schools aren't open yet. And pump them big mad. Yes. <laughs> and I guess we'll just watch the local news coverage of it here. Absolutely. Here in Leesburg, where that rally is going to start now any minute. But I'll tell you, it feels a little bit less like a parent rally and more like a campaign rally. Republican candidate for governor Pete Snyder tells me he's planning to speak here tonight. Republican candidate for governor. Uh oh. Uh oh. Governor Kirk Cox campaign team is here tonight. No matter where your news, no matter where you are, your local news site's web player sucks. Kids back in school five days a week, but the Democrats are also running on a similar platform. Now caught in the middle of all of this political back and forth about schools, the teachers and the students. Students learning in a classroom five days a week. That's the goal, everyone agrees. But the path to get there is driving a wedge between communities. I don't know a teacher who doesn't want to be back in the classroom. John Hoffman is a Loudoun County teacher who wants to return to the classroom once fully vaccinated. Missy Hillebrand is a Loudoun parent. I honestly feel like we just can't wait any longer. Hybrid learning is coming, but Missy and other parents want an option for in-person learning five days a week. And that debate has become an unpleasant spectacle at school 
board meetings. Figure it out! On a zoo! Five Loudoun County teachers. They tell me parents are directing aggression at them too. I've been called names like bimbo, uh, filthy, dirty. Get a new job because I don't want to work. I have been told to F off because I could not open the schools. Loudon will return some kids to hybrid learning next week nice. and the rest by March 3rd. The CDC says schools can safely reopen despite community spread if five mitigation strategies are implemented in schools, wearing face masks, physical and social distancing, hand hygiene and respiratory etiquette, regular cleaning and contact tracing. Do you think it's realistically possible to execute those mitigation strategies at a level that keeps people safe? No. You can see the other teachers shake their heads in agreement. I can elaborate for you, but hard no. She elaborates. Maybe at a high school. Schools don't have a reliable method for contact tracing. The interim superintendent recently showed the school board that the four other strategies are meeting expectations, but they didn't show any data on contact tracing. LCPS says its new full-time contact tracer starts work this week. Teachers are pleading with families to not make this a fight between people who ultimately want the same thing. We absolutely have to come together. We are in this together. So it was interesting. I was talking with a Loudoun County parent last week and she was talking about how political this debate has come. And she said, you know, a year ago, so few parents could have named a single person on the school board. But now school board meetings are all anybody talks about. You know, their names and addresses and both Republicans and email their dogs names all fighting for this same thing. It's just an issue. Of I know where you take your dog for a walk. We get there for what these parents are looking for, you guys. Oh, now, now, now you care who's on your school board. Oh, you care that there is a school board. Producer Dave, I've knocked doors all <laughs> in all sorts of races, and I've knocked doors in school board races, and I've talked to people, parents, who had absolutely no idea what the school board was. Like, what's that? What <laughs> is that? Much less like, who was on it. Right. Like, I thought my teacher ran the school, and that's why you, and that's why you have teachers like these poor, unfortunate souls who are just, I don't know, getting paid shit to you know babysit your kids for eight hours a day and i don't know learn them something they're getting harassed at like kroger's you know and getting told to f off because they can't do anything about opening the schools no they can't this the board and the superintendent run the freaking district and at the end of the day they're not working well enough with the teachers obviously here to make sure that they feel safe coming back to school i guarantee you there is no t i don't care you know, maybe there there are those you know rogue you know callous teachers from like the you know uh, Roger Waters version of school you know where they you know they they want to flog the kids. Maybe I don't think that's the case really. Like almost every teacher I know loves their kids, wants to go back to teaching them, wants to be there with them, and wants to support them, and would do anything they can to keep you know keep them safe, keep them learning, um, and to to be there for them. They absolutely want to go back to school, but they also don't want to get sick, and they don't want the kids to get sick, and they don't want the kids' grandparents to get sick either. So. Yeah, like I'm I hate to say it, Missy, uh, <laughs> parent Missy, but I'm with the teachers on this one. And like, you know, there's a reason why private schools are going back to, to school. It's because they don't have teachers unions. Right, right. That's they, true. They don't have anyone standing up for them. Right. Like teacher union union has gotten to be a really bad word. And I'll admit that there's people at the top of a lot of these big unions that are, while not maybe corrupt, they certainly have their own agendas and they sometimes let that get in the way of what's best for their workers and we their, might call them politically employees. ambitious correct right um and they get to the top and they're making good money not to teach right to sit in an office all day and to lobby and to 
you know, tell the teachers what uh, sort of what the game plan is, right? So there's folks skimming off the top in unions. Absolutely, it happens everywhere. But the rank and file, you know, it, they they rely on the union to advocate for them, to represent them. Um, so yeah, it's it's no surprise that you know, oh, you're getting forced to go back to work. Well, guess what? You're in the private sector and Ronald Reagan killed all the private sector unions back in the 80s, right? So if maybe if you had a union, you wouldn't have to be forced to go back to work uh, or Missy the parent, right? Maybe she wouldn't be forced to go back and work and not be able to take care of her kid if she was in a union. <laughs> so I, I think that people need to really rethink, you know, what um, the purpose of unions and the value as well too. And, and remember that it's not just about, you know, what, uh, you know, what their opponents are going to say about it right or it's not some um they're not monolithic and they're certainly not um especially in the form of teachers unions they're not out to get your kids they actually they want to do more for your kids so so this next story could have ended up in washington dc you get your shit together but i see what you've done here um, yeah I, I was i got a little cute with the docket sorry about that no that's okay that's that's good um this is i, I guess like they made a fake stabbing yeah, some, uh, we're going to get into a few like youth, youth, youthful uh, shenanigans here in, in the D.C. metro area. But yeah, apparently a couple of young guys thought it would be great to fake a stabbing and then to not only do that and like maybe scare their friends or their parents or their neighbors. No, no, they called the cops and punked the cops, basically. And I, I for one, I know that me and everyone knows this show is not necessarily, you know, acolytes of the police. Um, however, in this particular case, I'd say, God, what fucking waste of their time. Like we idiots anyway let's hear the story tonight police say a panicked call to 911 in montgomery county was part of a twisted hoax this is bizarre folks two men in silver spring staged a very realistic stabbing including copious amounts of fake blood and posted copious. the police response to social media news for us jackie benson has the 911 dispatch calls and reaction from the chief advised that her brothers are fighting one stab the other subject with a knife the initial police radio transmissions the evening of january 24th described a nightmare scene in the kitchen of a home on laurie drive in silver spring one man had stabbed another in the neck there was blood all over the floor a bloody knife on the counter the first arriving montgomery county police officer called an ambulance and more police units and began to render first aid this is a this is a frank here and then oh come on after the officer had been inside the home amid the chaos for more than two minutes the man who had been stabbed identified as 21 year old dennis and john sat up and started laughing turns out the whole thing had been staged by him and his brother pierre to post to social media the blood was fake but the police responding ambulances and the four other people in the home at the time were unaware it was not a real stabbing it's incredible it's unbelievable. It's all of that. You're, you're really, you know, it's a little funny. For, and it uh, happened, so it can't be that unbelievable. Uh, depending on how this would go, um, depending on the type of hoax that would, would, would have been planned. Both men face charges of making false statements to police. In Silver Spring, Jackie Benson, News 4. And Montgomery County's police chief tells News 4 tonight that the two men did manage to post that video online, but it has <laughs> since been removed. Oh, oh, why, why? I wish I would have. I wish I would have found it. It's probably I'm, somewhere. It might be out there somewhere. Yeah, but uh, the story was a uh, uh, a couple of days after it had happened. But um, yeah, prank pranksters be pranksters. Young young people be young people. Um, but uh. Is this, this is where we're coming to? I think I, maybe this is just a byproduct of shelter in place, just boredom, right? 
did then prank gone too far or do you think there was something else here going on i don't think there was something else going i mean i don't know i think they were just stupid and they like right. they thought it would be funny to do this but that's like even if it's funny you're going to get arrested it like it kind of it kind of like so, like it did it not cross their minds that this would get them arrested it, it had to th i mean maybe not i don't know i mean especially I hate to say it, but given the fact that they are African-American, you'd think that they, their father or mother had sat them down and had the talk with them at some point, right? That are us privileged white folk hear about all the time, um, that, you know, how to, how to act around the police. Like, would you like, I hate to say it, but like, you know, I, I, I this is the least likely uh, teenagers I would think would be wanting to punk the police, right? And call or, or call them up and have them come to their house to a fake stabbing, right? Like these kids are lucky they're alive, frankly. Right right like that that yeah, could have gone you're, all you're, sorts of bad yeah you're oh no this story would have been the worst thing that this right this if it's been, you and, if it's you and me right doing this like and when we pulled something like this they show up oh ha 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 well you know you should you little you little rascals you know we'll have to give you a fine but you know don't do that again like these kids could have gotten shot like very easily <laughs> uh, so that's what first like i'm watching the story right and as soon as that as soon as their picture came up i'm like oh my god like this could have gone all bad i was laughing up to that point but i'm like this is not anyway so please don't you know the the we all know <laughs> these guys have itchy trigger fingers don't like encourage them don't give them a reason just for a joke like you can't be that bored like go out and you know find something else to do ride a bike or, or you know do some push-ups or i don't know, call you know zoom a friend like just don't no even fucking don't even have an encounter with the police unless you absolutely have to. It's like the easiest yeah. way to live your life. Right. Like they, they called, they called the police. It's like, man, if I was their father, I, I mean, smack him, or mom or whoever, you know, guardian, I'd smack him silly. That's just, oh, just dumb, 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 dumb on so many levels. Um, I, I showed this to the good wife, by the way. And she's like, she looks at me like, if our kids did that. And I'm like, she didn't say anything else. I'm like, oh, they'd be dead. <laughs> she, she would fucking kill them. Um, so yeah, don't be stupid, kids. Come on. But we'll find out more about kids being stupid in a second here. In the meantime, there's some other idiots being stupid in in the GC Metro area. It looks like some guy robbed a is this a fucking Papa John's Papa in a John's. subway with a fucking AR-15. Probably overdoing it a little bit. We've got to show you some new video of a terrifying armed robbery. You see it here? A Silver Spring pizza shop held up by this group armed with an AR-15 rifle. And as it turns out, this was just the start of what happens to be an hours-long crime spree. New Holy tonight, shit. News for Shamari Stone's right? one employee who had a gun pointed at her head. Good evening. Three armed robberies on the same day, and it all started at oh, that Papa, is Papa John's, John's pizza shop on East yep. West Highway in Papa, Silver. Do you remember that video of Papa John with the meat sweat? Tell about. She was terrified. <laughs> Take a look at this surveillance. I, mean, I can't feel bad for Papa John's, but this employee oh, must have been yeah, scared. Yeah. Sh must have been scared shitless. It shows a man or any other customer. Look at the shop as yeah. guys like oh. Then police uh, say two other men. This girl's so afraid. Like watch, like with a handgun and an AR-15 rifle. I was very scared. I couldn't um, speak. This employee who agreed to an interview as long as we don't show her face says the men pointed guns at her. And he put the gun on my head and I opened the register for They grab cash and force three employees on the ground at gunpoint. Police say they steal from them. Moments later, investigators tell us they leave with cash. And after the suspects walked out of the Papa John's restaurant, detectives say they did another armed robbery. 
This one at a Subway restaurant in Northeast DC about an hour later. Police say the surveillance video shows the three men walk in with the handgun <laughs> and rifle. Why are they doing it? Like, it's such a weird like, group out. of... And then detectives tell us the men rob a liquor store right? on Oxen Hill Road in Prince George's County. Police say they point guns and get away with cash. Detectives want anyone with information about these three armed robberies to call Montgomery County Police. In Silver Spring, I'm Shamari Stone, News 4. Now, Montgomery County crime solvers are going to be paying a cash reward of up to $10,000 for any information that leads to an arrest and an indictment in this case. Story. There you go. You ever had an AR-15 pulled on you? No. Yeah, that, that would be fucking terrifying. I mean, any gun at all, but like, you know, <laughs> paramilitary guys looking like paramilitary, uh, uh, you know, insurrectionists may coming in, holding an AR-15 to you. Just like, I'm just trying to sell a pizza, man. I'm just trying to get through the day. I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be here. You know, my boss is forcing me to be here to make shit wages. And now you're coming in and like, you could at least be just, just come Like, frankly, I feel like I don't know how much loyalty a lot of, you know, employees of like Papa John's have to their corporate employers, right? Or any, any of these folks working at like Chipotle care about the corporate profits. If you walked in there and you did the whole thing with like the hand in the pocket, right? Like I got a gun and just give me all your money. I figure they would just give you the money anyway. Like, fuck it. It's not my money. Like I'm getting paid shit anyway. It's my boss is probably insured. Like, why do you need to go with the AR-15? Yeah, it seems a little, just seemed like overkill. I mean, like whatever. The overkill may be the wrong word to use, but it just yeah, seems it's a bit much. Yeah. That's for sure, yeah. Yeah, so um, I'd say, you know, uh, try and go a little more low rent. And maybe, like, you wouldn't have to go through the trouble of getting the gun either. Maybe, who Might knows? not be maybe, on the news either. Right. But well, who, who knows? Maybe this is just sort of like their practice sessions for something bigger, like a bank robbery or something. And they're just testing it out to see if, uh, maybe it's a fake, who knows? Maybe it's a fake AR-15 and they just wanted to test and see if anyone bought it, right? Um, then they can go to the bank next. So uh, be on the lookout. That's um, it's a little frustrating that they haven't been able to catch these guys yet, seeing as how it looks like a crime spree. But I figure, you know, obviously the police in, in this county have a little bit more going on than they can handle right now. Uh, anyway, well, that's winners and losers, folks, where there usually aren't any winners. And even if they are, they're kind of losers anyway. So... Uh, we normally have a segment on our uh, Friday night show uh, called Get Your Shit Together. And we will usually just, we like to spread it around, right? Started out with San Francisco because they just had so much shit that they couldn't get together. But everyone's got shit, it looks like, uh, everywhere. Um, and they all need to get it together. So the DC metro area apparently has a rash of 14-year-old criminals on the loose. Um so this is the, the first, of, first of a few stories I found uh, related to teenage uh, malfeasance. This first story is weird. Let's let it's it roll. very weird. It's like, there's a lot going on here. Tonight. Yeah. Anyone who uses dating apps, not everyone is on them for the right reasons. D.C. police just arrested a 14-year-old girl who they say was targeting men by luring them to a location and then robbing them. <laughs> The men it's like to catch a predator on a whole new level. agreed to meet the girl in person after talking to her on the dating app Badoo. The three victims we Badoo? know about are all adults. I was going to ask if you were on it. If they knew the girl was just 14. The app requires you to be 18 to register. Looks like Twitch. A year ago, when the girl may have been just 13, 
A Burke man met her in the 4800 block of North Capitol and tells police after following her to a laundry room, the girl and three other suspects threatened him with a handgun, took his phone and his wallet, and drove off in his Hyundai. <laughs> then, at the beginning what? of this month, a Laurel man Had to be a Hyundai. invited him on the app to the 1300 block of Peabody Street, Northwest. We're going to zoom he in. He says the girl pushed him against a wall while two other suspects stuck a gun in his back and stole his phone, keys, and jacket, and then stole his Honda. Then, on Sunday, a Hyattsville man said the girl lured him to the 4800 block of Fort Totten Drive Northeast, that she and other suspects pushed him into a laundry room, hit him over the head with a handgun, and stole his keys and his cell phone. There is an up to $10,000 reward for tips that lead to the arrest of the other suspects. Bruce Lachan, WUSA 9. There's just a lot. I feel like. There's a lot to unpack there. Well, I feel like, I feel like there's just like, there's more that like there's there's like they're leaving something there's something there they're, we're not getting like the whole story in that in that clip, right and that's again right that's local news right we've, we've got we've had that a few times with recent stories we've been tracking where, where they're sort of like peeling back the layers but it's like the it's not so much clear if the information isn't available or if the investigation's ongoing so there's not as much information available or if the you know the reporters are starting doing their diligence of showing telling you the whole story, um, but yeah, so we've got a, a girl who's more than likely being taken, uh, you know, caught up in something with some some other uh, nefarious uh, folks, boys or girls, and they're using laundry rooms as their uh, stomping grounds to uh, to catch predators, but not just catch them to take their money and their Hondas. So it's, it's one of the things where I like this, this actually does, maybe, maybe I should have flipped the script and this belongs more in winners and losers, right? Because that, there really are no winners here. Like I don't feel bad for the, the dudes who are like stalking 14 year old girls on, online. Um, but then again, maybe they purported to be adults and you know, they're just out for a good time. But um, it's kind of one of those things where once you see the 14 year old girl, it's like, why are you not running away <laughs> if you really aren't a pedophile? So I kind of have a hard time feeling bad for them. Um, but at the same time, it's like, Girl, what you doing with yourself? Thirteen well, I'm just years old. Is this some kind of weird vigilante range. shit, or is this? I don't know. I I feel like it would be vigilante if like they also called the cops on these guys and like had them had the cops ready to come and, and arrest them. Like if they were if they were doing the two catcher predator thing, right, where they they called the cops and said, "Hey, we've you know this guy stalked me on a dating app and or on Facebook, and he's coming to you know he thinks he's going to have a date with me. I really feel I'm afraid, you know." Uh, can you come help me and you know get the cops to come and bust them instead they're like stealing their shit like so it's, it's just it's almost petty right like they um well they steal their so. car right right and their and their cell phones and whatever but um yeah it, it just feels like to me a you know just standard not standard but i'm um, just weird criminal activity i don't know that there is something deeper but that said it might be right. It, there's there could be something a lot deeper here that, that we're just not getting yet because also they haven't caught them yet, right? So it's um I think once we might be able to track this one, but once uh, they do find who is responsible, which I figure they will at some point, um, they have two then, dudes' cars, right? No, so they'll at some point the, those Hondas and the yeah those Hondas and Hondas are going to turn up somewhere and they'll have you know NCIS will be able to 
pull the video and find them and facial recognition and you know but we'll we'll probably learn more once they're actually arrested and and charged and and the investigation happens much like our friend in napa who we're finding out more every day about now that he's actually you know been busted and uh, uh his pipe bombs have been exposed this okay this next story is super weird i like the headline that you put you're like a 14 year old stabs taxi driver says that they should have got an uber I, right. I I gotta I gotta find out what this is about. This is amazing. Breaking a cab driver murdered on the job. Police arrested and charged a suspect. He's 14. This happened in Chillum over the weekend. John Henry has more on what we know tonight. Maryland court records show 14-year-old Romeo Nolasco Cuellar faces several charges in connection to the death of 46-year-old taxi driver Umberto Sierra Camacho. The Brentwood, Maryland teen has been charged with first-degree murder, second-degree murder, and armed robbery. In Maryland, the courts define a first-degree murder charge as an act authorities believe was premeditated. Prince George's County Police say this crime happened late Saturday night. Officers accused Quaylar of hailing a cab from Camacho at this 7-Eleven in Hyattsville. After the pair hit the road, police say Quaylar took out a knife to rob Camacho. Officers would later find an unresponsive Camacho in this apartment complex off Riggs Road. They said he had been stabbed several times. Our Matthew Torres talked to one of Camacho's friends over the phone. He said Camacho's death shocked his family and friends. It's sad, sad because, I mean, you know, they never expect that to, uh, to happen. I mean, he was a nice guy. I mean, hardworking guy. He said Camacho would even send money back to his wife and kids in Mexico weekly. So Camacho's friend told us he set up a GoFundMe page to help send Camacho's body back to his home country. We feel really sorry for his love and for his family, you know, because he was the only support. Now, police say Quaylar admitted not only to stabbing Camacho, but also stealing 40 to $60 from him. We went to Quaylar's home, but no one responded inside. From the Prince George's County Police Department, John Henry W., USA 9. That was shocking that, no one res- shocking that no one responded at the house when you went to the kid's house. Yeah, I wouldn't respond either. That's a uh, fucking wild 14-year-old kids in fucking Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah, what's in the water out there, man? The kids are not all right, apparently, in D.C. Um... Although, I guess if we dug a little deeper, we find something like that. I haven't seen that, that popping off here or anywhere else recently. So it's just, it was actually, they were actually right, like literally right next to each other on the page, like the stories. That's why it stood out. So, um, yeah, I guess be, be careful, man. Um, I've always thought that uh, I was a uh, student taxi driver back in the college days, right? We had a, 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 tax, a sort of campus taxi service, right? That was totally student run. And you're basically taking kids home from, uh, you know, study hall and late at night or at the library, right? And driving them back to their apartments. Cause we were in a kind of a shady city. So once you got off campus a couple blocks, it was, you, you could get mugged. It happened a lot. So I would, I would drive kids home to their really, really even shadier neighborhoods, right? Um, late at night. And there were times, I mean, I was never fearful of the people I was driving necessarily um, until I, actually the only ones I was really fearful of were like the frat boys who I'd have to pick up drunk and drive them back to wherever they were going. Um, were <laughs> You know, they were the ones I worried about the most. I wasn't worried about the computer science student who was just in the lab until like two in the morning. I felt sorry for them, actually. Um, so, uh, but it, it it was, you know, being out there, you know, you're kind of isolated. All you got is your radio. It is, a, it's a very, it can be a very, I can imagine, um, nervous experience, right? You, um, you kind of, I'm sure you get used to it, but I imagine you never fully feel comfortable and especially like something like this happens and you hear about it like i would never fully feel comfortable even as an uber driver or a lyft driver i mean we've seen so many attacks right um and i just don't i don't get it right like it's not like cabbies have a bunch of money lying or it's not like it's a really lucrative target 
for like just a stab and grab. No, because um, most people are paying digitally these days anyway, so there's not going to be any cash there. Right. So um, it just it just doesn't seem like it, again. I it may, probably makes more sense that it's 14 year old because they just don't have you know I I don't know about you when you were 14. I don't think I had the kind of you know, I don't think I had much sense when I was 14. I thought I did. I thought I was real smart when I was 14. Um, and I'm like, I'm never going to get old. Um, I look back now and I'm like, what a dipshit. Um, so it just could be lack of, just really bad lack of judgment. But this is the kind of thing that, you know, you have one bad decision and it's going to, that's your life right there. Like he's going to jail for a long ass time, even though he's a minor, right? And this is going to follow him his entire life, his family's life, you know, and it's poor parents like they have no wonder they didn't answer the door they're just like they know what happened and they're probably sitting there going god damn it mijo why'd you have to do this like you ruined everything right they fought so hard they probably had to struggle and fight really hard to get what everything they have and to 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 make sacrifices so that you know he can you know have a little more opportunity than they did and then he, he goes and pulls something like this right and tarnishes the family name like i feel really bad for his his guardians or his parents or his family that's just awful um but yeah, kid, you have to better sense than that. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? There's something else going on, right? He's he's obviously going through some shit. Yeah, there's right? some. You, there's <clears throat> we're never gonna be probably never gonna follow up on any of these stories because they're from Washington D.C. and we do a, lo- a Bay Area local news show. And the next time we do like a thing that's out of <clears throat> out of the area, we're not gonna do D.C. again. So we're right. never gonna find out. But uh, yeah, there's probably more going on there. There's probably yeah i mean and it gets it, it, honestly who knows it you know the the cab driver sounds like a nice guy but maybe he said the wrong thing to the wrong kid right and shit popped off right like i know there are there are some things that i don't think there's much that you could say to me that's going to make me want to stab someone but you could certainly rile me up to the point where i'll punch you in the fucking face <laughs> um and not really think about it uh in advance so and see red right but this kid didn't just see red he stabbed and, and drew red so that's a little that's a little troublesome uh so dc 14 year olds get your shit together fuck yeah so we're gonna move on to down ballot watch uh this oh, we're pretty, getting we're getting the good stuff this is a this problem i'm glad you put this on here this is uh, about dc and it's a local news story basically about whether or not dc is going to get statehood and I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about it but i don't think i've ever watched any dc local news about it so let's check it out let's see it 705,000 district residents have no voice in the U.S. Senate. D.C. statehood would change that, and statehood hinges on Georgia's two Senate runoff elections. It is a a journey that connects us all. Paul Strauss is D.C.'s non-voting senator. He's referred to as a shadow senator. If for some reason the Republicans hold those seats, the reality is for D.C. statehood, we're looking at at least two years. If Democrats take those seats, it's still not a lock that they can move on something like D.C. State. But the movement would be closer than ever before, with the potential for a committee hearing and debate on the Senate floor. Hopefully, if the people of Georgia speak loudly and clearly, the voice of the people of the District of Columbia will one day soon be heard uh, on same par and equality with those of the 50 other states. Speaker Pelosi today vowing to once again bring the D.C. statehood bill to the House floor for a vote. All eyes on Georgia evoking a familiar refrain that the fate of D.C. rests in the hands of someone else. So there you go. I really couldn't tell you that I'm, I'm actually woefully ignorant of the reasoning behind the District of Columbia being its own independent district you know, it's a, it's a quasi state, right? It's not a, it's not a state officially. Um, it is a city and it's got a city, it's got city governance, but it also has federal jurisdiction. Um, and it has a Congress member 
um, who sits in Congress and they elect and gets to vote and yet doesn't get senators. Um, and in DC is actually, you might say, oh, well, it's just a city. It's not that, you know, it's not worth being a state. DC actually has a larger population than Alaska, than Rhode Island, than a number of existing Wyoming, states. Wyoming, I think. Wyoming, right. So uh, it, uh, it absolutely is, uh, there's, a, there's millions and millions of people in the DC, uh, in DC who are, yeah, being robbed of their voice. Or, I'm sorry, hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, 750,000 right. live in who are DC being, who are, proper. Yeah, who are being, um, who do not have a voice in, in the federal government that pretty much runs the show there. Like the, the city, the mayor and the city have some jurisdiction, but a lot of it is federal jurisdiction. And uh, at the end of the day, like if you can't vote for a senator you, and the Senate is the most powerful body in this country, um, then you really don't have much of a voice. So there's a, uh, there has been a push for statehood for a long time for DC, for Puerto Rico. Even the people of Puerto Rico have voted numbers uh, multiple times and recently to um, become a state but it's still up to Congress to do it. And the House, a Democratic House, has passed you know, resolutions to make D.C. a state. But the Senate you know, needs to confirm that. And Republicans in the Senate obviously are vehemently opposed because they understand that, well, D.C. 750,000 people who are probably going to vote Democratic. And if they, elect, if they get their two senators, right, then suddenly the Democrats have two more senators. If Puerto Rico gets to have senators, then they get two more senators, right? So suddenly it's becoming a lot harder for Republicans to maintain or to even get close to getting a majority and in fact you know the Demo puts the democrats closer to getting a supermajority and making the republicans irrelevant which they should be at this point to be honest um so it's it's a it's a hard hill to climb um i forget what the threshold is it might be a two-thirds threshold in the senate to to get this vote approved but um that's that's pretty much the politics at play the 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 only reason they're not a state already is pretty much because of partisan politics at the top um one side or the other yeah, the Republicans. If if we added another state and it was D.C., the Republicans would never went, never probably have the Senate again. More than likely not. Or I mean, like are, not already... like in the like the the near to mid future or whatever. Never yeah. is like a dumb like that's like not really accurate. But yeah, exactly. I mean, they're they're basically holding on like everywhere. They're they're um, and I think another two. You know, the only reason they didn't get uh, fall even further behind in terms of their. Uh, Senate numbers this year, even with the amazing victories that did happen in Georgia. So there, there's still a possibility that after all this, after we get past coronavirus relief, the stuff that needs to happen, right? And the the impeachment that, that this does go down, which would be great. Um, but uh, there's a reason why they fought so hard there. And there's and they're, they're looking at um, really thin margins everywhere. And next, uh, the only reason they really didn't lose more power was because um, there weren't enough races that were up right there were enough senators that were actually up and uh for re-election last year next year you're going to see quite a few more republicans in vulnerable states where the people are not very happy with them um so you could see some bigger democratic gains um anyway um but this would certainly help in the short term it's kind of like a stacking the court situation where you, you know you're not changing the rule you're making things more fair it's not you're changing the rules but you're making doing it with the purpose of being fair it just so happens that it benefits Democrats because when it comes down to it, most people in this country are, you know, sh share de uh, the values that Democrats try to espouse, you know, in government. They're not always trustworthy and political parties aren't really trusted, right? But at the end of the day, I think more than it's proven in the popular vote too, the more than, you know, 8 million people more than the other side believe in what Democrats are pitching as opposed to what Republicans are pitching. So, um, that's the, that's what the Republicans know. 
And so they're going to hold on like a cornered dog for dear life because they realize that they're on the wrong side of public opinion and the public opinion is consistently moving towards democratic positions. Um, so like even Bernie, I don't think is going to be all that radical. Like right now, I think his, his, his policies and his ideas are actually becoming much more mainstream. If you think about it, like I think more than 50% or 60% of people, uh, like, like the idea of Medicare for all, right? Like the idea of student loan debt forgiveness. So it shouldn't be surprising that, that, um, that Republicans are in this kind of position. They're just like, like I said, they're the, they're a fear, they're a scared dog and they're stuck in a corner. I hate to insult dogs that way, but that's, that's, that's really where they're at. They're like, they're, they're holding on for dear life. And they're, that's why, why, and why else would they just embrace the, the MAGA hats and, and the insurrectionists and basically commit, you know, uh, treason by proxy, by support, by, you know, ignoring this. It's because they are f- deathly afraid that if they lose that base, that 25%, then they're toast. Like they're, they're irrelevant. Like they are in California, right? Where we, we you're seeing that here play out here where the Democrats have a super majority in the, in, uh, Sacramento, they can do whatever they want. If, as long as they're unified, they can do whatever they want. And the Republicans are irrelevant. They don't have the filibuster. So I think that they're really fearful of that happening in DC. And you're going to see Mitch McConnell and his brethren hold on to anything they can get. And they're going to try and disenfranchise a shit ton of voters. Like if DC was a state, you, you know, I think you might see some efforts to curtail voting rights for, you know, uh, uh, former felons or, in, or reducing the amount of voting facilities in certain communities, right? Like it's happening, all, it's happening everywhere um, where Republicans have even a shred of power. They just, they use all the mechanisms to hold on to it. Yeah. I'd like to see DC become a state. I think like uh, Puerto Rico should become a state too. Absolutely. And I don't, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to happen because. Yeah. I, I'm just worried about the balance of the, the stars and the flag, like figuring out how to fit the two other stars in, you know, it might look a little awkward for a few years, but yeah, I don't think that should prevent us from doing it. I also agree. It's not going to happen anytime soon. I think there's going to be a huge, it's going to be a huge political debate to make it happen, but it shouldn't be. I mean, we either get to me, for me, with Puerto Rico, at least you either give them statehood or just let them go and let them be their own country. Like why, why are we still in the business of being colonists? Um, is that right? Colonial, colonialists. Um, why are, why are we, or colonizers, right? Why are we still doing that? Right. If we're so high and mighty, right. We shouldn't, it's the shame shit that we seceded from Britain, right. Or we, we, we left the British empire because of we're doing the same shit. So my father, like son, I guess, um, Anyway, well, good, good on you, DC. I hope you get statehood. Puerto Rico, I hope you, you do as well, um, especially since you voted for it. If you want it, you should have it, um, especially when the next hurricane hits. Then we can, we can get you even better and more rapid uh, uh, relief. So, Councilman, oh. who's Amanda yes, Chase? Amanda Chase. Uh, so, Amanda Chase is a state senator from the, common, the great Commonwealth of Virginia, um, and the great Commonwealth has a, uh, they have, they elect their governor on in, in the odd years. Um, and it's very interesting. They only let your government, you only get a one term, you get one term as governor. So governor Northam, who was only elected, I think four years ago now, um, is, uh, termed out. So there is a pretty broad swath of folks running to replace him. And one of them is state Senator Amanda Chase, who, uh, at the very least has a lane in that she is the only MAGA candidate running for governor and uh she likes to carry her gun on the outside uh she <laughs> she is a, uh, she spoke at the stop the steal rally that led to the insurrection 
And apparently on Facebook, um, she called for, or at least appeared to be calling for martial law to be instituted. And that got her official Senate's uh, Facebook account suspended. But that's not preventing her from running for governor and for uh, continuing to espouse uh, Trumpian rhetoric. So this is just a little, a b- brief taste of Amanda that I'm sure we'll be covering uh, later on the Sunday show and, and other shows because she's just, she's very Austin Bennedy. Yeah, I took a look at her uh, Facebook feed for the page that didn't, I don't know, it's like a page that's like something for governor or whatever. It's her, it's her gubernatorial campaign page. Her, it was her official state senator page that got suspended. So you can't, unfortunately, <laughs> there apparently were some really good live videos there you can't see. And then there were a few YouTube videos that I, I tried to find, but um, the links were dead or the, the videos have been taken down. So, um, but she is promising a Facebook live uh, in a couple of weeks that we might be able to cover. But for now, let's, let's get a little introduction to her and, and see what, what's going on. All right, Amanda Chase, she's a Republican freshman state senator from Virginia. And this week she made headlines for packing heat at work. Chase began openly carrying a 38 caliber revolver strapped to her hip on the Senate floor, sending a no-nonsense message to potentially violent protesters. Virginia State Senator Amanda Chase joins us now. Senator, so, so glad to have you on today. And, and this is a fascinating story. Um, you view this as a way of empowering women. What was your impetus for doing this on the Senate floor? Well, um, first of all, thanks for having me on this morning. Um, I actually am a concealed carry permit holder and have been uh, since I've been in office. And it's something that I've done every day. And um, I wasn't really trying to make a political statement, but simply... Uh, we had a an issue on the floor. Well, we had an issue in committee where one of my fellow colleagues, Senator Black from Loudoun County, had an altercation with some leftist activists who really got in his face to the point where they had to call Capitol Police in. So um, it was the next day that morning when I got up, I said, you know what, I'm not going to conceal carry today. I'm actually going to open carry just to serve as a deterrent from anyone that would try to, um, you know, be aggressive and it would be a deterrent so that there wouldn't be further altercation because of course that is the point is a deterrent is the, is the sense that you are more safe because someone knows that that potential is there you even talk about can we pause this real quick yeah of course dark park- that 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 logic it's not uncommon logic it's 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 pretty much what gun advocates and gun you know um irresponsible gun owners let's say um because i don't want to begrudge anyone who Hunts, although why would you go shoot fucking bambi you asshole um it's exactly what these gun nuts espouse is oh i'm doing this because it's a deterrent right i'm i'm gonna flash my gun around because it's a deterrent it's telling people that you shouldn't mess with me it's completely the opposite violence begets violence right like when it comes to especially when it comes to extreme people people who are going to or would have the potential to come at you, right, and try to get violent with you, or the folks that, you know, I don't know, mob the Capitol that you you inspired when by speaking at the rally. Uh, Chad's you know, saying she attended. She attended, no, but apparently she spoke. I, I, I heard, she, I, she definitely attended. I did hear that she spoke during it. Maybe she spoke at like one of the ancillary route, maybe not the main one, right, but the, like the side, that sideshow. But, you know, it, it, the notion that carrying a gun into, especially as a senator, isn't, empowering and emboldening others to commit violence either emboldening your enemies to like you know you bring a knife i bring a gun right that kind of escalation it's also emboldening your supporters to say i can do this too and i can carry my guns around out out in public and eventually 
you know, something goes hinky. Um, and because it just escalates, I've never, I, I don't think anyone's ever heard of, um, you know, violence that didn't lead to more violence. Like, and at some point you just got to stop and stop believing that Antifa is out to get you and recognize that you have, you know, you have the moral authority and you should use it and not flash your gun around. Anyway, sorry. I, I really hate that argument that it's a deterrent. You know, until I, until I watched both the Oregon state, uh, capital and then the U S capital get like basically invaded by, by a mob. I assumed that these places where these people work were all generally like the safest places, the most like, well, not safest, I guess, maybe like the most with the, the places with the most security in the state, but I guess I was wrong. So I don't know. You would, you would think that, I mean, at the same time, like this is something, I mean, I were, so I dirty secret actually, or maybe not dirty secret, just uh, full disclosure. I worked in the Capitol uh, in DC. I was a page for a, a very short time over a summer um, for in Congress when they still had pages. These were like, you know, we'd run messages and, and, paperwork back and forth between offices this is before did email, you pack before. heat or no i did not pack heat i packed a, <laughs> i packed a blue blazer and a little tie that they gave me right um and we were all these little nerds political nerds who ran messages around the capitol right i got to go up and take the flag down on the roof of the capitol one night it was the most amazing experience of my life or one of them um other than the wedding day um but uh you know it it, it was a weird dichotomy because there were plenty of places where we could go and we had access to that the public did not right tunnels and pathways and corridors and other things like that so i'm watching this and thinking man you know it would have been great to have pages there again because they got they all got laid off and they don't need them anymore because we have email um but uh it, it would have been great to have them there because they would actually know where to take all these folks and like how to how to usher the congress members to a safe place right where the insurrectionists wouldn't even know where to fucking find them um but it is also you have to remember especially with the U.S. Capitol, this is a tourist location, right? They do tours of the Capitol, right? You know, on a regular day. I don't know what it's like when they're counting the electoral votes. I'm guessing that's, it's shut down. Um, and you certainly, but you certainly can go anytime. You, you are allowed to go just about any time when, the, when um, during normal times, when Congress is in session, the House or Senate in session, you can sit. That's what the gallery's for, is for you, to, the general public, just to come and watch their government. You were allowed to do that. Um, and so these are really, really public spaces and yet, right. There is that factor of like, the, there needs to be some sort of security and some sort of safety procedures in place. And it's obvious, like, I think it's just, this really exposed the fact that we need to seriously, you know, unfortunately it's sad that we have to, but we really need to rethink how, um, how we secure our, our public buildings because they are the people's houses. They are the people's buildings. We should have access. We should be able to go whenever we want and to see our government in action. Um, we shouldn't be allowed to go and create, commit violence and kill people and try to assassinate people, but we certainly should be allowed in. And so they're going to have, there's going to have to be some sort of, and this is going to, I think this goes from, you know, school board <laughs> from city halls all the way up to the U S Capitol. We really need to rethink, you know, the balance between safety and transparency. You know, um, and hopefully I, I'm hoping that the, you know, the, the new digital and, uh, you know, online facet of meetings is actually going to maybe help that in terms of creating more access without sacrificing safety. But, you know, this is just an unfortunate byproduct of that. And I just, I, but I just, I struggle to believe that, um, or struggle to understand how, uh, Antifa is out to get this woman. <laughs> That's pretty much what she's saying. You're the capital. I mean, ultimately, your ability to, to have a firearm shows that, that you've got strength and you've got the ability to defend yourself. 
Right, and case in point, um, I was coming off of the Senate floor right after a vote against the so-called Equal Rights Amendment, and I had several, several rather enthusiastic, to put it nicely, supporters uh, of the ERA to approach me, and they were two pretty large female women, taller, a lot larger than I, than I am. And She's obviously never seen a butch dyke before. Me went through two of my aides, but when they got to me, they actually looked down and saw my firearm strapped to my hip, and they and they didn't they didn't abduct her. I think it's a deterrent. I think it deterred a potential altercation. It, it deterred those nasty people who want the Equal Rights Amendment passed. <laughs> no wonder they didn't want to talk to you, lady. They do a fantastic job, but they cannot be everywhere, every second. What, what oh do you my say God. to critics that say that it's actually not Fox a deterrent? Friends they friends. feel that it would incite more violence or it would lead to accidents potentially happening with these firearms if they're exposed. Is that a wow. fair argument? <laughs> yes. Well, I think it's a personal decision that everyone has to make as a Second, Second Amendment supporter. I mean, every citizen in the United States is given the ability to protect themselves personally. It's a part of their constitution. It's part of our, our constitutional rights as Americans. And so some people feel comfortable with it. Some people, I understand. You know, I didn't start caring until... Um, I got in the Senate and was... Until I became highly political and <laughs> needed to do it as a political said, statement. Until I got elected. She said, I didn't care until I got elected. It's just different. <laughs> I was just saying until you walked in someone else's shoes, you really shouldn't judge. Well, an important point here is it's not just lawmakers that have the ability to carry. <laughs> I love this. Carry, I love this. Virginia. Oh, she's wild. This is going to be she's fun. She's great. Uh, oh, this is going to be fun. This run for the like, governor is going to be it, great. Isn't it perfect? This is on Fox and Friends too. I mean, what you know, this, she's they're they're going to love her too. They're going to have her back on. I think she's going to be one of their best guests. Uh, um, left wing counties has that ability, correct? It's not just you guys. Yes, in Virginia, you can you can open carry. You do need to get a permit to conceal carry. We just talk to Lori Smith. You'll be fine. My conceal carry permit. There we go. Which thank comes you so with much. Some training. Amanda Chase, thank you very much for, for, for your here. time and for your service. We oh, good. It. Good find. She cray. Oh, man. I'm so, I'm so glad. So I, uh, this is all the result of just friends. If you want to find some derp, honestly, Google is a treasure trove. Just, you don't have to go to the dark web. You don't have to know, you know, you don't have to go deep, 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 deep dive. Just search for like, I think it was, I searched Virginia governor election and this woman came up or I, I saw a list of, um, oh, you know what it was? I'm sorry. It was a headline and it said, uh, uh, gu gubernatorial race draws socialist, uh, African, first African American candidate and potential white supremacist. <laughs> and you're and like, like, oh, this is, I'm this like, is. oh, this is going to be, I'm like, man, I got to call, I got to call producer Dave. <laughs> We got a live one. So I'm like reading through the list. It's like, here's a list of the candidates. And it was, you know, I had to scroll through the whole story. And at the very end, it's like, oh, and there's this crazy re Republican lady who's kind of MAGA and is running. I'm like, why are you red? Like, you obviously don't get the, you, you don't have a red light show. Like, <laughs> we would reverse the story. Like, she would be the lead. Like, why and all are you these normal, the lead? Right. All these normal, like, oh, great. There's African-Americans running for governor. I'm excited. In Virginia. No, no. She's the story. <laughs> this blonde Karen amanda white lady and the funny thing is she she just got elected last year like she's running for governor she just got elected to the state senate in november and now she's running for for governor because the people need a champion so we can find um we might be able to find her i found a couple clips of her announcement speech um but not enough to really 
be worth our while but we can certainly i'm sure we can find the full the full thing and we should definitely track this one because i i feel like looking at the the field she has to run in a republican primary but the other republicans um I told this to the good wife. I'm like, I don't know if she's got a shot. And she said, well, is she the only woman? <laughs> I said, you know what? I think she is. She's running against two, like a tech bro Republican, older white dude, and then a hedge fund Republican white dude. So she, and they're more, more, both more moderate and like just business friendly, you know, your average moderate Republicans. She's got the lane of being the Trump, the Trumpian, you know, MAGA candidate. So she's got a base and in a primary it doesn't take much more than having a base, especially if it's crowded, to get through. So hopefully we'll get to enjoy this all the way through to November. I don't know that she'll win. Um, Virginia is a blue state overall, and I think they will reject her at, uh, in the final analysis. But if she gets to November, this could be really, really fun. This, could, I'm, be, this could be a lot of fun. She might she yes. might be able to pull off that Marjorie Taylor Greene thing, right? Right. And it doesn't seem like the GOP writ large um, has really all that many qualms i don't know about the virginia gop but they really don't have any qualms about sticking behind trump so why wouldn't they stick behind or, or marjorie taylor green why wouldn't they stick behind this bitch you know so they, i i feel like they're gonna if she if she gets through they're not gonna abandon her i think they'll go full board to try to get her elected because the other you know the alternative is god forbid uh, someone who cares about people and doesn't carry a gun into the state senate floor I'm going to ask, I'm certainly going to ask some, some friends I know in the state Senate and the state assembly, like, what, what would you think if you're, if a colleague just walked in carrying like, and the notion, God, I need, I, I really need the good wife to watch this. She'll, she'll flip. Um, she hasn't seen this whole thing yet, but the fact that the example she uses was to large women who were in favor of the equal rights amendment, you know, like she scared them off with her gun. It's like, all they wanted was to have a debate or a conversation. They weren't out to kill you right. or to or to touch you really i'm betting they weren't even being physically threatening they were just bigger than you um maybe you haven't seen large ladies before but they exist and a lot of them are in feminist movements <laughs> and a lot of and it's not you know the, the notion that equal rights amendment supporters are like the real threat <laughs> it's just unbelievable so uh this is great i'm so i'm so glad we found this woman I, and i really hope that she does win the republican primary so um we don't make endorsements on this show um certainly not on that side normally but we're definitely rooting for. Yeah, I, I think we're. Uh, I think we're. We're. Well, we're rooting for for to, to win the Republican primary because that's good correct. for us, right? Correct. I mean, we did. We abs. And I would. Uh, I. I. I should probably scale that back a little bit because I don't. I also don't want this to lead to more violence and and uh, treason and insurrection. Like giving this woman a platform is a really frightening thing, even if it is in a losing campaign. Um, it, she'll have a platform for the next few months at least, and that's. It's, I'm just, I'm kind of, while well, it's going to be great for this show, I, I think that, um, you know, we all owe it to each other and the media, especially to, to remember, you know, how we're covering these things and how, um, you know, how you, how you talk to folks, like Fox and Friends is one thing, they're going to idolize this woman. But when it comes to media writ large, remember that, yes, you should cut, they, they need to be, you need to cover it. You need to tell people about it because we need to know what not to do. Right. But you need to be objective about it. You can't, you can't allow these people to have a platform to, to spew their shit. If they say, sh if they lie, you have to say, well, they were lying. You can give them the platform, but you, you know, you have to call it what it is. So I hope that that is the case here. And I'm sure the people of Virginia will see through it, but we're going to love it. So, um, please, I, please reinstate her Facebook account. Um, March 7th, producer Dave, she is doing, she has a scheduled Facebook live that I, I saw in a search. So we should absolutely see about, uh, either, you know, 
grabbing that and or even doing a a little live stream a little uh, impromptu a little, little impromptu. impromptu totally impromptu little, that would be fun um i want to see what she has to say so and maybe we can maybe it'll be a, a you know we can jump on a zoom and ask her a question or we can drop a question into the comments and um see if, she, if she'll answer and who knows if we keep tweeting at her maybe she'll come on the show God. all right that'd be fun i've never talked um, to the i've never talked to the to a like a like a bonkers ass republican running for office that'd be fun <laughs> So I think it's at Sen, um, at S-E-N Amanda Chase, I think is her, her, uh, her Twitter handle, but it's on, check out my, my, uh, my Twitter feed. I retweeted her tonight as a preview for the show. So she knows who I am, hopefully, or at least her social, <laughs> at least her social media team does. Um, anyway, uh, but keep, keep an eye on her. And, um, oh, the other thing the good wife said, by the way, when I showed her the, the meme was, uh, oh yeah, of course she's a blonde lady. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to all the blondes out there ah but that's what you get when you have karen running for for governor so we could have her and austin bennett at the same time i mean this this could just fill dockets forever you gotta be you know gotta, gotta be equitable yeah we're definitely gonna keep an eye on this lady she seems interesting and she might be uh she might be months and months and months of content that's definitely uh, for that's definitely true and i think the media one is gonna like her absolutely I, I think i should have sent her directly um so uh, we're getting towards the end of the, the docket here tonight, I believe, um, and uh, we're down to another thing. And normally, this is a very human interest, warm-hearted. We found, a, you know, the, the firefighters got the cat out of the tree kind of a story, because um, we like to have a nice palate cleanser. Um, and I always forget that phrase, but now I've remembered it somehow. Uh, but the, I, I really just couldn't find any redeeming stories. <laughs> um, but I did want to find something that I always, when we do these trips right around the country, I like to find something that connects that area to us or to california at the very least so this was the best i could do so uh let's let's see what let's let's hear about the doobie smoker the fbi arrested an alleged capital rioter in virginia beach his name is eduardo gonzalez he appeared in court today Dude, wait a minute if he's from california he got arrested in virginia beach and he was at the thing amanda bay's Madison star moon is from virginia beach we're from california and he got he, this is great this is everything good find Facing a number of charges related to the insurrection. Tonight, Gonzalez remains behind bars as a photo of him in the Capitol is going viral. Adriana Dalba tells us how federal authorities tracked him down. During his first remote court appearance at the U.S. District Court in Norfolk today, prosecutors delivered a strong case against 32-year-old Eduardo Gonzalez. He's the accused Capitol rioter dubbed the Doobie Smoker. Prosecutors say a Virginia Beach police officer went to an apartment off of Laskin Road for an unrelated incident. According nice to court documents, it's where Gonzalez was hiding, and he later mentioned the officer's visit during a live stream. That's what led to FBI Norfolk arresting him Tuesday. Gonzalez reportedly seen in several videos smoking marijuana, passing it around, and documents reveal he posted on Twitter saying things like, quote, revolt, civil war, our forces will be needed again out there, and next time we'll go stronger and harder. Documents show a family member turned him in, and he never got on his flight back to California. He stayed at an Airbnb in Alexandria, then he came to Virginia Beach, where he stayed with an unnamed friend, disconnected his phone, and Madison Starmoon? <laughs> 
I judge mean, called Gonzalez a flight it's not out of the realm of possibility. to the community and issued an order of detention. Gonzalez, who's from California, is charged with four misdemeanors, including knowingly entering a restricted building without lawful authority, violent entry, and disorderly conduct, and parading and bogarting the joint. grounds. Gonzalez will remain in custody until he's transferred to D.C. for his next court appearance. That date has not been set. In Norfolk, Adriana de Alba, 13 News Now. Oh, man. I, I, it, it could be. Who knows? <laughs> he was uh, found at the home of his friend Amanda Bays. Um, so, yeah, uh, Eduardo looks stoned, by the way, in his, his mugshot. So I'm pretty much sure he's one of those perpetually stoned dudes. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little, you know, toke on behalf of Eduardo for the doobie smoker and uh, for the, the gloriousness of that, of that clip. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it just moral of the story. Like, if you're going to cause an insurrection and, and start a civil war why you got a facebook live it why you gotta get caught on why you get caught on photo just go do it like these guys were also you see like that's the, the sad thing is that and the scary thing i suppose is that if this was much if this was a more organized and direct and and deliberate attack right and and battle right right uh and if these folks, there, there were obviously some that were very organized and knew where they were going and had a game plan and a mission, um, as fucked up as it might be. But there were equal amount of people who were just along for the ride, right? And just, just holding up their cameras like, this is great. I'm going to put this on my Facebook and show the kids back home. I was in the insurrection. Um, and I hate to give you all Southern white accents, but whatever. Um, you know, and so I, it, it, it's, it boggles my mind. or Not boggles my mind. It makes me think shit what if these people all had been organ like those you know camouflaged organized dudes who were you know rifling through desks and, and and trying to find nancy pelosi and mike pence you know if you'd had thousands of them and not just a bunch of like lemmings it could have gone fucking awfully bad but like, there aren't horribly thousands, bad. there aren't that many of them you know what there are is hundreds probably hundreds of thousands even if if not yeah. millions of people across this country who are in these facebook groups who just want to get famous in the facebook group Right, and so right. that's like that's like what that's like what was going on. It was all a photo op for oneself. It right. was all like, like all these people like trying to become some kind of conspiracy celebrity or some whatever. Right, owning the libs, like on a you know on a on a slightly different or higher scale. Right, they're just owning the libs. Um, yeah, the real the real threat is are those militias, those armed militias out there that do tactical training and survivalist training, right? And they really do believe that the fucking war is coming. And they've been waiting for this for a long time, right? And lying in wait for this. And that's the only, th that's really the only thing that, like I've said before on this show, and I think other shows, I'm not worried about the Republic. Just like I'm not worried about the planet. Everyone's trying to save the planet. I'm trying to save the humans, right? The planet's going to be fine, even if humans kill themselves. Um, I'm worried about the, Re I'm not worried about the Republic. I'm just worried about what, you know, what's going to happen when these groups, you know, as these groups flare up and, and and uh and get more violent right i'm just worried about the next mass casualty incident i'm worried about the next insurrection <laughs> attempt i don't think they'll ever succeed in a grander scale but it's gonna it can cause a lot of pain and suffering uh, that's just completely unnecessary and we need to we really need to do something to uh to identify those folks right the instigators um the lemmings will go away or they, they'll just go back to facebook and in the comments on san jose inside right um the <laughs> But it's the real dangerous folks that I'm uh, that we need to get a handle on because those are the domestic terrorists. Those are the real fucking domestic terrorists, not in, not fucking Antifa. Um, well, I don't 
I don't think that I don't think that it's it's probably hard to tell the difference. Honestly, people self radicalize. Like it's hard to tell the difference. I don't think that I don't think that somebody can't be radicalized in a Facebook group to where they'll do that, and they don't have to join a militia and train to like go do a lot of damage. But this is true. All, I mean, I've I've you know this is stuff I've, I've been over kind of at nauseum. Yeah, since I know. The, for since sure. the since the uh, the insurrection at the Capitol. That's why you're a big time consultant now. <laughs> you can you know how to read between those lines um and i know and we know if we both know for a fact that law enforcement is not necessarily equipped to to read between the lines right now either so i, I think they have to get smarter basically i think they have to get smarter and to be honest with you i am willing as an american as a, you know to give up a little bit of my privacy right and my perceived privacy because there really is no fucking privacy I'm willing to give a little bit of that up as a sacrifice in order to get these fuckers, right? So that I don't have to go out in the street and shoot them myself. Because if that's what it takes, I will fucking do that. But I don't want to go to war with anybody. I would much rather we snuff this shit out and get back to, you know, trying to get a more perfect union going. But we'll get there. Anyway, thank you for uh, a lovely uh, travelogue. Yeah, that was fun. So check this out. If you're listening to this on the podcast, please follow the podcast and go search for all our other podcasts. Just go search Echoplex Media in your podcatcher of choice. Follow us on Twitch, too, so you can check out the live shows. It's twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media. I'm going to play this song by the Rebels Camp. This is Intense City. And then I'll probably play another song. Maybe, maybe not. I'm going to make a drink. Hey, uh, should we uh, make an announcement? I, I want to say we're um, taking a break next week. Yeah, is that we'll, still we'll be taking happening? a break from the show next week. Great. So, yeah, so listener, viewer, um, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, this is Intense City by Rebels Camp. Thanks for listening to or watching or whatever down ballot.
Everything goes away. 